Go ahead and make your way back to your seats. We're going to get started. As you make your way to your seats, if anyone's listening, no, not yet. I'll give you some time. Burke, you are. If you are a guest with us this morning, I want to welcome you once again. My name is Blake Hilgenfeld, one of the pastors here, and we are very grateful and thankful that you're here with us this morning. Uh, let me just uh, say this before we jump into our, our passage this morning. Uh, some of you may have heard uh, that the Houston Chronicle recently published an article documenting decades of sexual abuse that has happened within Southern Baptist churches. This depravity and evil and wickedness that has been done to children grieves us. It pains us. And we should spend some time reflecting on what has taken place and be mindful of these children who received unjustly this wickedness and evil that has been done to them. Now, what this also shows us is that in our society, there's not really any safe place free from this taking place, even we find ourselves experiencing this within the church, within church leaders. And so we wanted to, to, to make it loud and clear for you guys to hear that at Providence Road, the leadership of this church, from day one, guys, the safety and the security of our people, particularly, especially our children, has been something that us as a leadership has taken very, 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 very seriously. And so we want to take the time to just let you guys know some of the safeguards that we have in place to protect us, to protect the, the volunteers and to protect our children. So a couple of these things we want to just mention. That every single person over the age of 18 years old, the volunteers in our kids' ministry, is required to go through a background check process. And they meet with a staff member, and they also provide a list of references for us to check. Now, this is crucial, and we are in process of looking to improve this system and process of the entrance into the kids' ministry. Because if you think about it, if you think about the kids' ministry as a pen with sheep, there is a gate. There is an entrance into it. So we have to do everything we can on the front end to make sure that we know who we are letting inside that gate, inside the ministry of, of, of kids, children. So those are things that we have in place, and we are looking at new ways to make that system better. If you go back in the kids' ministry, you should really be just a parent, have a name tag, or a kids' volunteer, a name tag. But if you go back there, every door has a window for us to look through, or, or a door that separates and divides so that there's no isolation. There's no isolation with volunteers and kids. It protects the volunteers and also protects the children. And we limit the, we limit the amount of one-on-one -on -one our volunteers have with the children. So we schedule two volunteers. And if for some reason there's not two volunteers, we combine classes. 
So we don't want to just have one volunteer in there with the kids. We provide security in the foyer for the volunteers and the kids. And staff and elders do not meet with opposite sex in one-on-one conversations and situations in closed rooms environments. So we just want to lay that out for you guys to know what we have in place. But we also want to invite you. If you have any concerns, if you have any suggestions, if you have any comments, feel free to talk with me. I actually oversee all the kids' ministry here. So if you have any of those comments, suggestions, concerns, please come and tell me and talk with me because we want to continue to make it better. It's not just a conversation we have once and say, hey, everything's good, all right? It's a continued conversation. We always want to look at how we are protecting us as a church and especially our kids. You with me? All right. No easy way to transition. Let's jump into Colossians chapter 3. If you have a Bible, Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start reading in verse 12. If you don't have a Bible, the verses will eventually be on the screen as well, but I do encourage you to open up a Bible and turn to Colossians starting in verse 12. Apostle Paul writes this, he says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And this is what we're going to be looking at this morning. And be thankful. Verse 16, we see thankfulness again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Father, we do want to stop for a moment and acknowledge the children affected in so many of these horrific events and situations. And Father, we ask that you would heal them. That in your powerful mercy and grace and love, that you would heal their minds and their hearts. And that you would help them to see that this What's been happened, what happened to them does not define who they are. But your love and your grace and mercy pours out upon them. May they find great rest and peace in their minds and hearts in your love for them. Pray for the parents. We pray for peace to reign in their hearts and minds. Somehow, some way, forgiveness to reign in their hearts and minds. But Father, that you would restore, that you would redeem, for that's who you are. That's what you do. There's no easy way to pray for them, Father. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us It's horrific. It's terrible. And so we just continue to to lift them up to you, Father. 
And we ask as we look at your word that you would be gracious to us and that you would help us to see how kind and good you are to us. That you bestow upon us so many blessings and good things. And most importantly, you have bestowed upon us endless supply of spiritual blessings in Christ. Help us to see those things and create within us a thankful heart that we may truly be a thankful people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I came across this illustration this week that I thought would be very beneficial for us to hear as we start our time this morning. Now imagine for a moment that this city is surrounded by enemy forces who want to destroy us. What a great way to start a message, isn't it? But just stay with me. There's a point to this. We are surrounded by enemy forces whose one goal or their aim is to cause destruction and chaos and fear and anxiety in our lives. Now, suppose, though, that there was a weapon that we have to stop the enemy's attacks, and this weapon is in the form of a song. I know it's kind of getting a little crazy here. But this weapon, this song, the enemy hates. It cannot tolerate. Because every time they hear it, it crushes the enemy's attacks on our lives and causes them to run the other way. If there were such a song... Wouldn't you want to know how to sing it? And wouldn't you sing it when you went to bed at night? Or when you woke up in the morning? Or when you went to work? Or, 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 or a class? Or the grocery store? And wouldn't you want to teach it to those that you loved? You teach it to your children. And you'd sing it in your homes. We'd sing it together as we gather in this place. And we'd sing it in our missional communities. But because the more we sing this song, the more bold and fearless we become. And the more we sing this song, it would drive out the fear and anxiety within our hearts that the enemy seeks to produce within us. Well, the truth is this. We are surrounded by an enemy. Whether we know it or not, we are in a spiritual battle. And there is an unseen enemy who the Bible calls Satan, and his aim is to destroy us. His goal is to destroy our faith, to make us weak, to make us fearful, to make us anxious, resentful, bitter, complaining people. There's another enemy inside of our soul, the city of our souls, the old self, as Paul calls it. And its goal is to convince us that we need more and that we are deserving of more. It whispers within us, that what we have is not enough and we need more to be truly satisfied and we are deserving of more. And its goal is the same as the other enemy, to make us into critical, complaining, resentful, bitter people. But there is a song. There is a song that we have that both of his enemies cannot tolerate. It actually crushes the enemy. And what is that song? It's a song of gratitude. It's a song of thankfulness. It's the song of thanks to God in our hearts. And it's this song, guys, that crushes the enemy's attacks and produces great hope and peace and freedom within us and as a community. At the end of verse 15, we hear these words and we see these words, be thankful. Three words, 
and be thankful. But we see it again in verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in your heart or dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with what? With thankfulness in your hearts to God. Then in verse 17. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so two verses, guys. In two verses, we're told to be thankful. We're told to sing the song of thankfulness to God in our hearts. And we're told and that everything that we do, we give thanks to God the Father through or because of Christ. So what Paul is telling the church in Colossae is that they have a new song to sing. That because of the grace they've received as a result of being united to the person of Christ, God has given them a new song to sing, a song of gratitude, a song of thanksgiving, a song of freedom that crushes the enemy's attacks that seek to make them weak and fearful, resentful, bitter, complaining people. God has given them a new song to sing, and he's given us a new song to sing as well. So the question is, are we singing it? Are we thankful people? Does thankfulness and gratitude describe our lives? It should. But the problem is, thankfulness is not our default, is it? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, the song we most often sing is the song of thanklessness and ingratitude. So often in my life, if I examine my life, I find myself wanting more. And so what happens? I'm never thankful for what I have. Or I feel like I am deserving of more. So I walk around singing the song of what? Of ingratitude. Why am I like this? And why are you like this? Why is it that we struggle to sing the song of thankfulness? Well, if you go back to the beginning all the way back to the Garden of Eden. We see why we're like this. If we look closely, guys, we see ourselves in our first parents, Adam and Eve. You see, they had everything that they needed. They had all the material provisions and blessings and things in their lives that caused them to thrive and be thankful. They had each other, and most importantly, they had the perfect love and care and protection and provision of the one who made them. I mean, can you imagine? Could you imagine what it would have been like to walk with God and talk with God and experience his presence in a place where everything is good, right, and perfect? It's hard to imagine, isn't it? I mean, unlike us, Adam and Eve, they had no clue. They had no clue of what it, what it feels like to be lo lonely or fearful or anxious. Why? Because God was with them. And he protected them. And he provided for every single need that they had. They should have been the most thankful people, right? They should have been the most grateful and thankful people because they had God and he was enough. He provided for everything that they needed and he provided for everything they ever wanted, but it wasn't enough. They wanted more. Now, if this was not true, they would not have listened to the song of the ancient serpent, which led them to eat the fruit of the tree of good and knowledge. God said, hey, do not eat. They listened to the song of the serpent, and they ate. They should have kept singing the song of thanks to God. God, you are enough. 
We have everything that we need. We have everything that we want in you. You provide for us your perfect love. You provide for us your perfect care, your perfect provision, your perfect protection, which actually is what produces fear and anxiety and resentment, all these things in our lives. It is found in as a result of God taking care of them. They, they never experienced that. But they sang a different song. They sang the song they're never meant to sing. A song of thanklessness, a song of ingratitude, a song which says they're only going to be happy and satisfied with having more. A song which says they will never be satisfied in God and God alone. And guys, we've been singing the song ever since. A song which says we need more. A song which says we are deserving of more. But it's a lie. Always has been. And it always will be. And listen very carefully. As long as we continue to sing the song of the ancient serpent, we will not be thankful people, but instead, you know what we will become? Critical, bitter, resentful, fearful, anxious people. Guys, do these words describe you? I mean, if you take a hard look at yourself, would you say that resentful, critical, bitter describes your life? I mean, do you find that you have this, this spirit of deserving an entitled spirit? Well, if you find yourself having that, it's because you're singing the song of the ancient serpent. The song which says you need more. The song which says you are deserving of more. Listen, when I sing the song of wanting more and when you sing the song of wanting more, we're never thankful for what we have. And if we sing the song that we are deserving of more, we're always going to find ourselves being critical and resentful and complaining when we don't get what we want. But we're never meant to sing this song. We're meant to sing the song of thanks to God because it's this song, guys, it's a song of thanks that God has given us for his glory and for our good. And if, and if we sing it often, if we find ourselves singing the song of thanks often, it is the weapon that defeats our fears and anxieties in the city of our souls. And it's the weapon that pushes back and turns back the critical and bitter, resentful, complaining spirit that seeks to destroy our lives and our community. So... How do we sing the song? How, how do we learn to sing it? How, how do we become the people that God is calling us to be, a grateful and thankful people? Well, let's start within us as a community. What happens, guys, within a group of people when the first word that is spoken is a word of thankfulness? It brings life, doesn't it? When thankfulness and gratitude dominate our conversations, dominate our, our relationships, dominate our community, it guards us, it protects us against this criticism and bitterness and resentment and complaining that we find ourselves wanting to partake of. Because there's no room for it. There is no room for these things when we find ourselves being thankful and, and, and have a spirit of gratitude. I mean, can you be thankful and, and have the spirit of gratitude and critical and bitter and resentful at the same time? Not really. And so we've got a choice to make. We're going to speak one or the other. 
We're either going to sing the song of the ancient serpent, which brings what? It brings death. It brings death to our relationships. It brings death to our community. Or we're going to sing the song of thanks to God, which brings life. Choose life. Choose to speak a word of thankfulness, which crushes the enemy's attacks in our conversations, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our friendships, in this church. Let us be a people who quickly speak a word of thankfulness. Let it be the song that we sing loud and clear for all to hear, and it will bring life, it will bring peace, it will bring unity to all of our conversations. Speak a word of thankfulness in this community. That's number one. Number two is this. Let us be intentional in giving thanks in our lives today. For we need to learn the practice of giving thanks. Because as we've seen, and we know from our experience, thankfulness doesn't just happen. It's not our default. We've got to learn to practice being thankful. So what does this look like? Well, it looks like this. We need to learn to slow down in our lives and stop and give him thanks today. Not not for the things that we have tomorrow, but for the things that God has given us today. So let me ask you a question. When was the last time you stopped to think about all the things in your life that God has given to you and stopped to give him thanks? Or have you ever put pen to paper and you begin to write down the things in your life that you're grateful and thankful for and you stop to acknowledge the, the, the one, the giver who's given you all of these gifts and stop to give him thanks? I don't know about you, but I always feel like I'm in a hurry. Anyone else feel like you're always in a rush? You know what the rush does? It stops or keeps us from stopping. I always feel like I'm in a rush to do this or do that or to have this and, and, and have that. And so I'm always in this hurry. I'm always in this rush. And it keeps me from slowing down and stopping and seeing how good God is to us. The rush keeps us from stopping and seeing the miracle. The miracle of God's graces that he gives to us today. Not tomorrow or the next day or the next day or the day, but today. For here's the truth, guys. We're not promised tomorrow. But so often I find myself wanting something that I hope tomorrow may bring to me. Isn't that so true? I mean, how many of you find yourself wanting something that tomorrow you hope tomorrow's going to bring you. The truth is God does not promise us tomorrow. But everything God wants us to have, he has given us today and the slowing and the stopping allows us to look and see the miracle of God's grace and what he's given us today and stop and give him thanks. So let's do it just for a second, right? Let's stop. And let's look and see how good he is to us. Let us stop and give him thanks for his mercy, which got us up this morning. Do you realize and understand that it was because of his mercy and grace that got you up this morning? We don't deserve today. But he protected us as we slept throughout the night and he woke us up in the morning and he's given us a breath to breathe today. Today then is truly a gift that we should stop and say, Father, thank you. Thank you for today. I don't have tomorrow. Let us stop and give thanks to the person next to us 
for they are truly a gift that God has given to us to enjoy. When's the last time you've said thanks for them? When's the last time you've told them how thankful you are? I mean, you may have something against the person next to you, but if you give thanks for them, what does it do? It begins to tear down those walls. It begins to crush it. So give them thanks. Be thankful for them. Maybe a friend or a spouse or a kid, whoever it may be, give thanks to the Father for them, for, they, for he has given them to you to enjoy and be thankful for. So enjoy them. Be thankful for them. Let us think of the jobs that we have and not the jobs that we want to have. Right? God has given them to us to provide for us, and he is exactly where he wants us to be through those jobs to extend his kingdom. So be thankful for it. Stop and give him thanks for your education, college students. Not everyone has it. It's a gift that he's given to you. Let's stop and give him thanks for his creation. Sunrise this morning, God created that for you to enjoy and to see his glory and goodness. Stop and give him thanks. We need to learn to stop often in our lives and sing the song of thankfulness and sing the song of gratitude because everything that we have in our lives today, not tomorrow, but today is truly a gift given to us by our heavenly father. And the more we sing this song of thanks today, we will sing the song of wanting more less because we're thankful for what we have today. Because the truth is, do we really need anything else? Don't we have everything that God wants us to have today? Be thankful. Stop and give him thanks. Slow down your life and sing the song of thanks to God. Not just for the grace that he has poured out upon us and all these good gifts that he's given to us, but listen very carefully. We need to stop and remember his grace that he has poured out upon us in and through our union with Jesus Christ. Because here's the deal. If I just stop right here and say, let's pray, it wouldn't be a Christian message. I mean, you, you, could, you, you could have preached that message on Dr. Phil, right? Or you could have preached it in a synagogue. You could have preached it in a mosque. But there's something deeper and bigger about giving thanks that we're going to see in just a moment. That we need to stop and remember the grace that God has given to us in and through the person of Jesus Christ because his earthly gifts are so good, but the gift that he's given to us in Jesus is infinitely better. Listen, I'm not a Greek scholar. I took one Greek class in seminary. I don't remember much of it today. So I'm not trying to be fancy when I use this Greek word. But the Greek word for give thanks or thanksgiving is the word eucharisteo. Now, if this word sounds familiar to some, it's where we get the, the word eucharist, which is the Lord's Supper. And within this word, eucharisteo, is the word karish, which means grace. So what this means is, is when God tells us to give thanks, it's so much deeper than just the thankfulness that the world has. What this means is, is to give thanks means to give thanks for God's grace. So in the Gospel of Luke chapter 22, Jesus was having a last meal with his disciples, his closest friends and followers, and he says to them in verse 19, it's going to be on the screen, he says that Jesus took the bread... And when he did what? He gave thanks. He broke it 
gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Guys, this is the reason why we take the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist every time we gather together in this place on Sunday morning because it's a time for us to stop and remember and remind ourselves to sing the song of thanks to God for his grace in Jesus Christ. So it is a time for us to begin the week. Sunday morning, stopping and coming to the, to, to the table, to the table of thanks, the table of grace, the Eucharist, and remember and remind ourselves to sing of his amazing grace that he's given to us in Jesus Christ. You see the bread? You see the cup? It was through the body of Christ, and it was through the, the blood of Christ shed for us that purchased the greatest gift of our salvation. We were not deserving of this gift, but God, through his son, laid down his life, gave up his body, being broken and his blood shed to purchase our salvation and to pour out upon us an endless supply of, uh, of spiritual blessings. So let us just stop for a moment this morning as we begin our week and let us look and see all the spiritual blessings that God has given to us as a result of being united in the person of Christ and let it cause us to sing the song of thanks to him this morning. On the screen, Ephesians 1. Look at it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So in Christ, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, what are those spiritual blessings? Even as God chose us in Christ, he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, what did he do? He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. What else do we have? In him, we have redemption. Through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. And in him you also. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Guys, do you see the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ? Do you see how good God is to us? What has he given to us? What has he done for us? What has he done for you and me, the undeserving? Well, his love was on you before anything existed. And his love met you when you were dead in your trespasses and sins. His love met you as you were, not as you were supposed to be, and said, I want you. I want you. I want you, well, I want you now. I've wanted you from the beginning of the foundation of the world. I want you now. I want you all the way into eternity. You are mine. And I give you life, not death. I give you forgiveness, not judgment. Guys, this is what you have if you are in Christ. This is what you have received as a gift to, to, to turn back and to give thanks to God and sing this song of thanks. So sing it. 
Sing the song of thanks. And let us grace bring peace to your soul for you no longer have to fear death because you have life in Jesus Christ. It's good news, isn't it? Come on. You have life. Death no longer reigns over you. You no longer have to fear it anymore because Jesus has taken it away and has given you life. So give him thanks. Do you see how his love and grace determined to make you one of his sons and daughters. If you're in Christ, you are a son of or daughter of the, of the living God. And you know what this means? It means this. It means that he will protect you and love you and care for you and provide for you just like he did his son, Jesus Christ. It's pretty big in it. Did God the Father ever neglect any need of his son, Jesus? Why would he neglect any of yours if you're a son or daughter of his? It's good stuff, isn't it? Should cause us to give thanks that we have the love and care and provision and protection of the living God who created all things. He is our Father. He will provide, He will protect, He will care, He will love because we are His sons and His daughters. Sing it, sing the song of thanks, and let that song. Wash away in the fears and anxieties we may have of the future that God may not provide for us. He may not protect us. He may not care for us. This is not true. Because of this truth of what we have in Christ, that we are sons and daughters of God, and he will provide and care and protect us just like he did his son Jesus. Sing it loud and clear. Do you see, do you see that as a result of being in Christ, you have this inheritance? You need the promise of the Holy Spirit and one day all that belongs to Jesus will be yours. What else do we need, guys? I mean, truly, everything we've ever needed and everything that we've ever wanted is in Christ. We have it. It's ours. I mean, if everything in my life that I love is taken from me, which to be honest is one of my greatest fears, don't I still have the love of God? Don't I still have the acceptance of God? Don't you still have the forgiveness of God and the riches of God and eternal life of God? I mean, guys, if we lose everything and everyone in our lives, won't we still be so richly blessed because of his grace? Yes. Because if everything's taken from us, nothing, 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 not even death itself can take away the endless spiritual blessings that we have received in Christ all because of his grace. That's why we take to the Eucharist. Every time we gather together to remind our wandering hearts of his grace, his grace which says, I am, I am all that you need and all that you want. It's his grace that enables us to sing no matter what we face in this life, no matter what we have or don't have, and no, ma no matter what we lose in this life, it enables us to sing and say, on that day when my strength is failing. And the end draws near and my time has come. Still, my soul will sing your praise unending 10,000 years and then forevermore. Guys, God has given us a new eternal song to sing, a song of thankfulness, a song of gratitude. And every day we need to be reminded, you need to be reminded, I need to be reminded of his grace because it's his grace that satisfies our anxious hearts of wanting more. If we have Christ He's all that we need. 
And it's his grace that calms my fearful heart of losing that which I love the most and tells me he is all that I need and all that I want. And it's his grace that creates and enables us to become a people who sing the song of thanks, no matter what we face in this life. No matter what we have or don't have, no matter what we lose in this life. God has been so good to us, amen? He is so good and he is so kind. So let us stop and partake of the Eucharist this morning. And let us sing the song of thanks. Let us be reminded of the miracle, the miracle of his grace that he's poured out upon us in and through his son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, as we, in just a moment, take the bread and we take the juice, it serves as this reminder to us this morning of your amazing grace that we have in Christ. That, Father, that grace in itself means that we get what we don't deserve. What we deserve is death, but you give us life all because the body of your son was broken for us and the blood of your son was shed for us. We were enemies of you, by nature children of wrath. And we deserve separation from you, but you have met us exactly where we are, not as we're supposed to be. You met us in our rebellion of you, and your love met us and said to us, I want you, come to me. And we receive that. We receive your love and acceptance and forgiveness, and we receive the hope that one day we're going to be at your feast, the celebration, and we're going to celebrate with you for eternity, all the blessings that we have received in and through your precious son, Jesus Christ. So thank you, Father. We thank you. For we should be the most thankful and grateful people because of you and what you have given to us. So help us to sing the song of thanks. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.